You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark. And on today's show, we have Vince Wilson, who is going to talk about the devil bat. And he's going to explain a little bit about its origin, its history, what it is, where it is, and uh, how he is currently working to track it. So we'll start with that right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. On with me today is Vince Wilson, and I'd like him to tell you a little bit about himself, primarily because he's got a rather unusual background. So, what would you like to tell us? Well, 
I've been doing uh, paranormal research and investigation for 13 years now. Actually, it'll be 14 years this year. It was I started in 1999. And let me tell you, I didn't have one of those cliched sort of uh, ghost hunter backgrounds in which I had experiences when I was a kid and that sort of thing. Actually, I would just had a friend who was going to haunted bridges and battlefields, that sort of thing. I just jumped along and, you know, started thinking a little bit more seriously than she did. And eventually I, you know, got into the more for the ghost, instead of the ghost hunting, amateur ghost hunting aspect of it, started to go toward more of the parent research and investigation uh, part. And, uh, and eventually, as of uh, two years ago, I eventually got a certification of parapsychology from the American Institute of Parapsychology, which is run by someone you know, Dr. Andrew Nichols. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've been, uh, you know, so I submit, so essentially what that means is I submit myself for peer review and from colleagues, that's where they, I, I mostly investigate ghosts and hauntings as psychic phenomenon, but I also investigate other anomalous aspects as they come to our attention. And I currently run the Haunted Cottage Parental Research and Training Facility in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, which is about 70 minutes from either Baltimore, Washington, D.C., or Gettysburg. Um, oh, wow. Well, Gettysburg, yeah. you're right there with the haunted battlefield, aren't you? That's right. Yep. Oh, excellent. You know, there's a lot of reports of hauntings and history around here. We, we trade people here. We The location itself is also haunted. It has over 12 people have died here over the past 180 plus years. Wow. Uh, and yes, and so we do research and investigations here as well. In fact, we have a team, a uh, local research team coming in a few weeks to do a haunted overnight here to try to see if they can stir up the spirits of the haunted cottage facility. They're a 200-year-old farmhouse is what it is. Wow. Well, that's pretty much older than most everything in Florida. So I think the best we've got <laughs> is right. 1880s locally. So, well, now we're we're talking about your cryptozoological side here. So you, yeah. um, you have a special investigation going, or at least a, a research angle in which you're studying, I want to make sure I say it correctly, the devil bat. That's right. So, I kind of started calling it the Hard Jefferson County Phantom, but Dr. Nichols recommended said, I should call it the devil bat because it looks like, the way you described it, looks like a bat. So I said, okay. <laughs> so I just well, hey, went along with that. Yeah, it works. It's, it's, I guess it's just sort of an accurate description, although we don't know if it has devilish intentions or not, but it certainly looks not, you know, for the pictures I've seen of it, it does not exactly look very friendly if you get my drift. Um, okay. It's been compared to the Mothman and, uh, to some degree, uh, but you know, it, referencing the Mothman case, of course, it's mm-hmm. debatable if this is a true cryptozoological phenomenon, although it can't definitely fall within that criteria if it's a biological creature, but we have not found any evidence to support that hypothesis yet. So we could be looking at something that's supernatural in a sense of an ethereal creature or, or apparition of some type, perhaps of a dark nature, or we could be looking at something of a, a cryptozoological possibility, or yes, I have to acknowledge the possibility, it could even be a hoax. Uh, I'll tell you what happened, how this happened was. Several weeks ago, almost a month ago as a matter of fact, an individual came to the haunted cottage with a iPhone and a SRR camera. He was hiking in the hills nearby. In fact, he was actually hiking in a restricted area. Uh, he said when he, was, he used to go to this area all the time when he was a kid. In fact, in the 1970s, it used to be a Jellystone Park, one of those you know, Hanna-Barbera cartoon theme parks. Okay. And it was unique about this location. It had caves that you could explore. You'd actually mm-hmm. go down to the caves and walk inside and that sort of thing. Well, he came and said that he was walking out there with his wife and two daughters. Okay, and they're just kind of looking around, trying to find the caves, and they found some of the abandoned buildings from the Jellystone days, and they're walking around this area, and that's uh, when it started getting dark, and they decided to head back. And as they were heading back, they heard noises in the treetops above them. 
they started to uh, walk a little faster, of course. They, they felt that the stink feeling that they were being washed and followed. So they, before they realized exactly what was going on, they started, they started taking a few pictures up in, the, up in the trees, and that's when they saw two glowing lights aimed mm-hmm. at them. They described them as red beams of light. Not like a flashlight, but just kind of something that was glowing very faintly. And they looked up and they saw these two eyes, you know, you try to get at, of course, and, and they, started move, they started moving toward them, and that's when they started to panic and run. They, you know, they're actually tripping a couple of times, just kind of like in a horror movie sort of thing, eventually making their way to their vehicle and, and, and the part of the area as fast as they could. Now, he showed me pictures that he took, and he, unfortunately, this is why I need our listeners' help. Okay, this is why I brought to the public attention. And normally I would investigate this a little bit more myself before I actually, and I did go out to this area and do some investigating. They haven't uncovered anything yet. But the problem is, this person has not come back with these pictures yet. He told me he would be back mm-hmm. in a few days, and he didn't return. Okay? And the re- part of the reason was he works, you know, I can tell you this much, he has a job in which he is concerned that if it got out of public, first mm-hmm. of all, he was trespassing in this in the area he's not supposed to be in and also taking pictures of monsters or whatever that right. he could lose his job mm-hmm. or become reprimanded or at least embarrassed a lot, you know? That's something that we certainly deal with in the paranormal field, cryptozoological or or the paranormal itself is really the individual who fears their reputation. I mean, you see oh, yeah. glowing eyes and it is, it is a very scary aspect, but of course you're still dealing with the subjective as well. So I hope he comes back. I hope he brings some of the photographs. The reason he said he wouldn't give it to me, the pictures, because is, he said that the, and he's correct about this, and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't even, aren't aware of this, but the, the iPhone in particular he had has encrypts the photographs with information about the owner. Okay. The camera also has information that can be encrypted to that particular model. So he mm-hmm. apparently has he has knowledge of security and that sort of thing and okay. how these sorts of things work. And that's why he wouldn't, turn these, wouldn't let me download directly from the items because he wanted to make sure they were decrypted of any information we carried back to him. Well, that makes so I, sense. I told, yeah, so so he said he would come back a couple of days after he uploaded the pictures to, and change the format so it could be traced. But I haven't seen him since, unfortunately. So if anyone who's listening, if you've heard of anyone seeing this thing, which is described as a large black mass with wings and more or less wings or maybe perhaps a, a cloak of some type and with glowing red eyes, then please contact me at the Haunted Cottage. You know, because we're creating a database of information on this. We're trying to we've compiled a file. All right. So, if any information you have, or if you'd like to volunteer to help us look into this more, you can contact me at the Haunted Cottage. Go to thehauntedcottage.com, or even better still, you know what? You better still go to harpersferryparanormal.com, which has information on it about our investigations so far. There's actually two articles up on there right now on the Jefferson County Devil Bat, as it's called right now. So how often has this been sighted? Has it been seen, you said, at least once, but have there been other sightings? At least once in current, you know, sightings, but I have heard from local residents I've interviewed that, you know, they've heard stories when they're a kid of decades past, there being sightings of a creature nearby. So I don't know if that's related in any way. Something interesting that we noticed when we were exploring the area was there was a construction going on in that area. So, of course, the the logical assumption at that point is that the construction had disturbed something in the area. That's what's causing it to actually become aggressive. Okay. Now, that would be an interesting thing. And that's something, again, you find in common with ghosts themselves. They say that refurbishing a house 
uh, you know, will actually uh, disturb the entity. So, and actually it makes some sense if it's a natural phenomenon, that would also be something that would certainly bring it out. Wow. Okay. So you said it was somewhat similar to the Mothman. Now Mothman has almost always had a rather dark connotation that whenever the, the Mothman shows up, there's almost always a disaster. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't there a, a bridge collapse and a couple of other major events in the in, area? In 1967, I believe it was, it was 67 or 69, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, they had seen a, a creature described as a giant bat-like creature or moth-like creature. I think the only reason they didn't call it Batman back then was because Batman is already a comic book character. <laughs> it was okay. a little too silly, but they ended up calling it the Mothman, and it was, it, the sightings of that were, went on for a full year. Along with other paranormal phenomena, and some of that other phenomena is debatable because it's certainly it's personally been embellished. You know, like we all know, the Roswell case has been embellished over the past, you know, sixty or so years. years. <laughs> yeah, and so has this story also been embellished upon. But in the bottom line, is a creature was sighted in Point Pleasant for a year, and in December of that year, the last sightings occurred after a brief increase of them, and then the Silver Bridge collapse, killing I think it was thirty-four people or something along those lines. Mm. It was the bridge okay. that connected Ohio to West Virginia, and it was. Uh, now they they did figure out what caused the bridge to collapse. It was a the bridge was just old. It was built mm -hmm. for Mount T Ford, so that by nineteen sixty late nineteen sixties they had fifteen ton trucks going across it. Mm -hmm. So it was a. Well, uh, and it's a interesting because yeah, actually there are other accounts of bridges collapsing even locally. The Sarasota Bridge in uh, nineteen eighty also collapsed. I read of an account up in um, I'm going to say it was actually New Jersey. I have to double check, but you know again residents complained of hearing these noises and it was very creepy and it sounded like you know devils shrieking and it turns out they live near the bridge and the bridge was giving out and even though the government kept checking on it and saying it was okay it finally collapsed so it's kind of a yep. it's an interesting forewarning uh, I don't think there was one with the Sarasota bridge but at least these other two uh, have those kind of reports and what if it's okay with you what I'd like sure. to do is kind of pick up on this thread we'll we'll take a, a brief moment for some commercial messages and then when we get back we'll delve a little deeper into this phenomena and and perhaps see what else listeners can learn and perhaps contribute. So we'll be right back no right after these messages. Now time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Love My Pets, 
the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi, my name is Brent Atwater, and I'm the Animal Reincarnation Authority. Join me every week on Alive Again and let me look at your pet's energy to determine if they're going to reincarnate. I'll be able to tell you when they're going to come back and what they look like. So send me your pet's photo and email me your question at brent at petliferadio.com. I'm looking forward to answering your questions on Alive Again. Every week only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. All right, and we are back. We are currently talking about the devil bat, which is uh, perhaps a cousin, which would be kind of interesting to the Mothman. It's not known, but has similarities. We're still speaking with Vince Wilson, who is doing research and compiling stories about this creature. And it's interesting now, the only thing that's been described is that it's a large mass with potential wings and red eyes. Is that correct? That's correct. It sounds a little bit like a shadow figure. You don't think it's a shadow person, which is just about as enigmatic and uh, in paranormal circles that's still being very heavily studied. Yeah, shadow people is a, is a controversial and debatable phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, some parapsychologists are, are critical of it, for example, think that the shadow person phenomenon is actually just ghosts in the dark. <laughs> you know, and it's, right. it's actually kind of overrated. But you never, you never truly hear people being attacked by these things. Although they, they tend to be appear menacing. It could be the fact that they're, you know, our imaginations get carried away because they are dark figures with no detail. That is terrifying to see. If you can imagine being a situation, I myself encountered a situation like that uh, in 2006. You know, it was definitely scary. Although we weren't attacked mm-hmm. by anything, it was definitely a terrifying thing to see. The shadow figures, I guess the comparison I see is that not only the darkness and the eyes as, as being kind of the common features, but almost the ominous nature or the sense of, of the predator, you know, uh, that it is going to attack, even though it doesn't, but the extreme sense of menace that these put out. I think the difference in this case, of course, is what probably makes it unlikely that it's a shadow person, is that, you mm-hmm. know, by the definition of shadow person, shadow people tend to be humanoid. You know, that, you know, legs, arms, head, and that sort of thing. Varying degrees of size and shape and appendages, but, you know, they're definitely humanistic. This thing was, you know, either flying or floating or jumping through the treetops. They really couldn't get a good grip on that. And it was, you know, said it was definitely much larger then the case could be made, and I, I did see the photographs, unfortunately they're a little three by five inch screen, you know, it's like the title screen that iPods and iPhones and, uh, you know, cameras have. And although this camera is very nice, it didn't have a big screen on the back, of, a bigger screen than usual on the back, of it four inches across, it was still tiny. And all I could mm-hmm. make out was the eyes, unfortunately. And, uh, but you described it as a mask going at least uh, 10 feet across or so, which could okay. be wings or a cloak or some type, maybe mm-hmm. uh, the argument making for some kind of material, but it was definitely not in a shadow person in the sense that we're used to in case of shadow people. It wasn't now, if a, it's, a people. 
If it's on the other end of the extreme, what would you think if it was something that was actually biological? I mean, it it almost has that enigmatic feel as well as, and I hate to bring this up and I'm not tying the two together necessarily, but something like the Bigfoot where, you know, people see it, they, you know, they can report it, but it just is, is never found, but it does appear to have a biological background. I mean, do you think this could actually be some sort of animal that is perhaps not in its native environment? Certainly. We, of course, we did, the first thing we did is assuming that it was a biological creature, some sort of cryptid. All right, We did some research into uh, bats, of course, you know, the largest bats that exist today that are known, and the largest mm-hmm. bats that have ever existed going back into prehistoric times. Now, the problem is that bats are a fairly new animal on the Earth compared to, they don't go back as far as the dinosaurs, for example. All right, mm-hmm. the closest thing to bats back then were not mammalian. Bats were mammals, of course. And they, although they had pterodactyls and things like that back then, they were not actually like a bat. So, then, of course, that's our first, you know, because that was a stretch of imagination because there's no evidence, of course, to even support the, I mean, they were called the devil bat. There's actually no support that it's even bat related. So, that was definitely a note that was taken and looked into. The problem is with large sized birds is, of course, the reduced amount of oxygen there is in the world today compared to prehistoric times when the atmosphere of the Earth had more oxygen, which allowed for larger breathing animals like dinosaurs and, and that sort of thing. That's why I don't see like 40-foot snakes anymore or, you know, or, or uh, you know, 50-foot crocodiles or pterodactyls that are, you know, with wingspans going 30 feet across, you know, mm-hmm. because the, our atmosphere doesn't allow for that sort of enlargement of creatures anymore, a few exceptions like whales and elephants, of course, and stuff like that. So biological is kind of, you know, would be a very fascinating thing to see something that large in today's present time, especially if it's an actual mammal. Of course, okay. if you, you could argue there's maybe some sort of, you know, some, there, you know, there are epicryptid sightings, of course, of uh, modern-day pterodactyls, that sort of thing. But once again, the problem with, like, any cryptid, of course, is there would have to be a breeding population. So mm-hmm. in that case, you could argue that perhaps... Under the caves of Jefferson County, and Jefferson County is all caves, you know, especially going from Harpers Ferry to Charlestown, all right? In fact, mm-hmm. under the town of Charlestown, there's actually an underground lake. So could there be wow. a previously undiscovered species of flying creature down there living nocturnally in these underground caverns and caves? That's definitely something to look at. And they do, they do discover new species all the time, of course. Yeah, it's really fascinating when they do. And, and some of these creatures are, you know, really they're, they're beyond imagination. They're things that you would never imagine actually existed, and there they are. Now, one of the, the biggest issues that I've always had, I think others have had too with cryptozoology or trying to find this, is it's almost always the recording. It's kind of, the recording is always kind of fuzzy, or it's almost like people are taken unawares. If folks are interested, and I would have them probably contact you and make sure they know the area and that they're not going into anything restricted and need to keep it nice and legal. But if they're interested, if they end up in the area and you know, they're looking for this creature, or they simply happen to be in the area and the creature is there, how do you recommend people prepare themselves and how should they react? I mean, how can they record this image and and get it to you? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I would not recommend them going out on their own looking for this because once again this is a restricted area that's why i have not put any directions to it and of course if you go to google and put in jefferson county jellystone park it's not going to show up all right this this, this place is so far and forgotten 
that there's no records of it anymore online. There never has been any online, of course. There's records somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> you know, I'm sure somewhere, but it's definitely not online anymore. So the only reason we know of it is because of other explorers telling us about it. So okay. not too worried about people trespassing out there. But if you do find out about it, if you're a good researcher and you come here and you ask around and you find out where it is, don't go there without us. And I'm only saying that is because I have a good reputation around this area and we can help you out. If you get caught up there, you probably won't spend a night in jail, hopefully, but they won't kick you <laughs> off of that property. It's a private property. It's privately owned. It's, you know, no one's supposed to be there. They have signs everywhere saying, go back. Dangerous. Okay. This is definitely something that people cannot research on their own then, but even if they're, well, what if they encounter something else? Just in general, if you're a cryptozoologist, how would you recommend that people respond if they see something unnatural like that or what they perceive as unnatural? Of course, it totally depends on the situation. If you feel like you're in danger, you know, then certainly fight or flight, I guess. You know, it depends on the natural tendency, of course, would be to run. But I mm -hmm. recommend, you know, backing up. You know, always with your eyes on it, or at least some part of your team. That's very important. Never go anywhere by yourself. Always have several people with you because you have strength in numbers. Even a large animal would be hesitant to attack a group of human beings, all right? Mm -hmm. Because there's an instinct there that says, well, maybe what if it was by themselves, I could have a nice meal tonight, but there's five of these things, and they'll probably, you know, attack or, you know, probably gang up on me. So, so mm -hmm. there's a lot less likely a chance of you being attacked or, or threatened in a group. You know, three or four people or more is good. But never, ever by yourself, you know. And in any case, even if you were by yourself and you saw something and you were not in danger, you know, there's always the aspect of multiple witnesses. I mean, unfortunately, in today's world, you know, things are very easily misconstrued. So, you know, it would even give additional research evidence if, if this was something that was in multiples rather than singular. But in general, it sounds like don't look for it, but perhaps even research or legends would be kind of an interesting tie-in. But if they yeah. ever happen to randomly encounter definitely not intruding on the territory then. Uh, and of course, it's not saying that the immediate area, the first setting was taken at, does not mean, does not exclude the possibility, of course, and this is a small area. It's only about, you know, two acres in size. So there's definitely a, mm -hmm. a, a possibility that whatever this is, you know, it's not a haunting, which tend to be territorial. You know, the hauntings tend to be with, restricted within, for the most part, with exceptions, but for the most part, hauntings tend to be restricted within a certain perimeter. You know, like even a room can be haunted, you know, or even a few feet of space in a house can be haunted without mm -hmm. any other place in the entire building being haunted. There is evidence to support this theory, okay? Although, like I said, once again, there are exceptions. So unless it's a haunting, I mean, true supernatural sense, a paranormal phenomenon, then there's a possibility if it's a biological or or supernatural phenomenon can go outside of a certain parameter, then there's definitely the possibility this could be uh, investigated outside this restricted area. There's no reason to say that there can be other studies of this thing in around Jefferson County or even Harper's Ferry in Charlestown. Okay, interesting. And uh, yeah, I think that, that I would tend to agree with a little bit more than... Okay, excellent. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I certainly do not want folks going into areas where they are not safe and they're not supposed to be. And of course, that is one of the complaints that I have heard from cryptozoologists when you end up with the TV shows that, you know, kind of point these things out and they almost feel like the animals are being harassed, which I think is kind of a, an yeah. interesting point. It's not the goal of this show either. Now, if folks want to find out more, because we're coming to the end of our time, but they're interested, they want to find out more, they want to learn a little bit more about what you do, even with the paranormal. Can you tell us your information again, how they can get in contact with you? 
Oh, sure. Uh, you can reach me through the hauntedcottage.com or through harperscarryparanormal.com, all right, for most of the paranormal research aspects we do. I also do, uh, you know, I'm also a licensed hypnotist, and I do paranormal hypnotism as well, which involves uh, hypnotizing people to go into a trance for astral projection, past life regression, timeline regression, and all sorts of other experiments we're doing in that regard. And we're trying to, we're pioneering a lot, as a matter of fact, in paranormal hypnotism here at the Haunted Cottage. Things That's that interesting. Tried before. Yep. So, yep. It's very interesting. It does sound like actually a whole other show. I'd be I, one of these days. I'd be curious to find out about past life regressions if they include animal manifestations. If people actually remember prior lives in altered states, which would actually fit with perhaps Hinduism and Buddhist ideals uh, of rebirth and reincarnation. So it'd be kind of a fun topic to to play with. I really appreciate your taking your time with us today, and it's certainly it's. It's actually one of the first times I've encountered kind of a, a new potential case with cryptozoology. Normally, you know, you find folks that have kind of this longer heritage, this long lasting, you know, uh, like Loch Ness or kind of the generic creatures. But to actually come across something that is right in the beginning, you know, with sightings and, and with more sightings, it truly is unique. I definitely will have to will have to email and see about perhaps another show with past life regressions dealing with animals. So it'd be kind of a fun one. And I think it's just fantastic. So keep me on your newsletter. I do want to also remember to remind the audience that they should support their local rescues. As you can hear in the background, I still have Pug Rescue going. But uh, there are plenty of good pets out there that need good homes. And uh, hopefully they'll find a way into yours. And on behalf of Paranormal Pets, we're going to wish you happy hauntings. And we will see you next episode. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.